All right, let's get into this word. I told you to turn there. We're going to be in Psalm 139, and I'm going to pick up uh, reading tonight. I'm, I'm just going to start at verse number one. I'm just going to do a little bit of reading with you as we're, we're going we're gonna to look at something a little different, just a thought that I have uh, that I want to share with you tonight. So Psalm 139, let's begin at verse number one, and I'm going to begin to read um, this. Verse one says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue. Notice that. There is not a word on my tongue. But behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before. And you have laid your hand upon me. So that means he has put a hedge behind us. He has put a a protecting hand ahead of us. And then he has laid his hand upon us. You know what that means? That means we are surrounded by the goodness of God. Amen. Turn to someone and, and tap them on the arm and tell them you're surrounded by God's goodness. Verse 6 says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high and I cannot attain it. Now, skip down with me to verse number 13. Verse 13 then says, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Who, who who does he say is fearfully and wonderfully made? I am. I want you to say that. I want to say I am. I am. Say, say that one more time. Because, you know, I think people struggle with that. I think we read that and we think, well, others may be, but that's not what the Bible says. He said, I am. That means when you read this, you are fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous are your works now and that my soul knows very well let me stop right there and let me let me say this again let me read this again and and I want to see if you catch this I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made that means you are a work of God and then he says marvelous are your works. Amen. Turn to someone next to you and tell them, you look marvelous. Amen. Because the works of God are marvelous. Amen. Hmm. What a thought. And that my soul knows very well. Verse 15. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written the days that you fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Anyone, anyone who claims to be a believer that believes the word is the word of God. This psalm alone should settle the argument around abortion. 
I mean, anyone who claims to be a follower of Christ and a believer in the Lord and, and believes the word is the word of God, this settles the argument. I mean, think, think, that, think about what he said. He said, you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. You made me. I'm fearfully. And he doesn't put any circumstances on that. We have people in the Bible that were born from all types of circumstances. Amen? But every one of them God knew. And in fact, he goes on, and I just read it to you. He said, you saw my substance when it was unformed. That means God saw you for who you are before you were ever formed. And in his book, all of our days are written. That tells me a couple of things. That tells me that if my days are written in God's book, then the only one who controls the length of my days is God. Amen? And as I live with Him, there ain't anything can pull me out of His hands. Amen? Paul would say later on in the book of Romans, who or what shall separate me from the love of God? That tells I don't have to live in fear. I don't have to live in dread because God already numbered my days. Amen? Let me know the Bible says that it is appointed unto man once to die. That means every human being has an appointment with death that we're going to transition from this world to the next. It is appointed unto man once to die, and then comes the judgment where we give account for our life. But God numbers our days. So I, I want the enemy of my soul to know, I want the devil to know, he doesn't control my days. Viruses don't control my days. God has numbered my days. And therefore, I'm going to live to the full of my days according to the Word of God. Amen. Is anybody with me on that? How many of you, how many of you believe? Now, if I go tomorrow, amen, I want you to know, then that was my numbered days. Amen. And while there might be some sadness on this earth because we love people and we love, I never will forget my grandmother when my grandpa passed away and my cousin and myself were on either side of her at the funeral. And when she, when she went up and stood at the, or when they opened the casket there and we were sitting there and we were young, sitting there with my grandmother and, and, and you know, people would come and like they do, they're, they're sharing and condolences and things just before they're going to pass through and I never will forget it as long as I live as people would would say to her that's that's just his house we know he is not there but here's what my grandmother said she said I know that I know where he's at I'm going to see him again someday but she said but I love that old house amen and so it we may we love this house and we live in this life and and if I go tomorrow there will be some sadness. There might be some gladness. I don't know by, by somebody. I hope not. But, but there might be some sadness. But I want you to know the moment I draw my last breath on this earth, it's not because anything else uh, took me away. It was because my time to be with the Lord had come. And I want you to know the moment I draw the last breath here, I'm drawing my first breath.
Sabbath over there and I'm going to be rejoicing forevermore and I won't be able to wait for you to come join me. Anybody with me on that? Does anybody still believe that? I, I believe God is in control of life and the life of a believer, God directs and guides the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. We are His. I think we need to understand that again. I think we need to declare that again. Because we live so often like everything else is determining our life. Not for a believer. Now there's arguments to be made for an unbeliever. that The things they do that shorten their life and all of those different things. But for a believer, I'm in his hands. Because in his book, all my days are written. And, and, and he even wrote them before there was none of them. Verse 17, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. I'm going to take that setting. And I'm going to tie a scripture to it that's going to sound like it may not go with it. But just follow along. Isaiah 54, 17. It's a familiar passage, but it says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Here's a thought. You ready for the thought? Here it is. Will what God has given to you be used as a weakness or a weapon? Will what God has given to you, will you use what God has given to you as a weakness, will you let it be a weakness or will you use it as a weapon? Amen. How many of you in this place and online believe God has given some things to us? He has blessed us. He made us who we are. He made, you know, we're always trying to be somebody different. We always wish that whatever personality type we were, we always wish we had someone else's personality type. Amen. Whatever strengths we have, we always what well, we always wish that our weak areas we had strength in. Because we see somebody else that may have a strength in an area that we feel we have weakness. And so we think, boy, I wish I was more like that. My life, I'll see people that can play and sing. And I'll think, Lord, I wish I could do that. Amen. I see people that are tall. And I'll say, Lord, I wish I was tall. Amen. One day when I was a kid, my mom found me outside. Because I was short even when I was a kid. Can you imagine that? My mom found me outside as a little boy one day, and I was hanging from the swing set. I was hanging just from my arms from the swing set. And I guess she had watched me, and I'd just been hanging there for a while. 
And she came out and she said, Greg, what are you doing? And I told her, I'm trying to get taller. And she said, Greg, the only thing you're going to do is make your arms too long for your body. Hang in there like that. Amen. See, you always want what you don't have. Amen. You always want the other job because it looks better than the job you have. How many of you ever went to the other job that looked better than the job you have only to determine, boy, I sure missed the job that I once had. Right? Well, the grass is always greener on the other side. We always see things that are in our life as weaknesses. But God made us who we are. So my thought for you tonight is, if God's made you as you are, then use the things God has given to you as a weapon for His kingdom. Quit allowing what God has given to you to be turned around and used against you as a weakness. Amen. We'll talk about a few of those things here in just a moment. But I, I just, that thought hit me, just rolling around in my mind a little bit. And I thought, Lord, if we could hear that simple thought, our lives could change. My mind then went to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 4. And verse 3 says, we, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Verse 4 said, For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. For casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into thought, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And then being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 18 tells us, put on the whole armor of God. Having done everything to stand Stand, therefore, put on the whole armor of God. And then he ends that little section by saying, and with all prayer and supplication. Amen. That means we are in a battle. We are in a war. And God has equipped us with some things. God has given us some natural gifts. God has given us spiritual gifts. But whatever we have been given by God, we need to determine we are going to use that as a weapon and quit allowing it to feel like a weakness. See, you and I determine that. We determine the things God's given us, somehow, oh, that's, my, that's a weakness. But I hope to turn that around in your mind a little bit, because we're just going to look at some people in the Bible. And hopefully, as I just walk through these and give you a thought tonight, hopefully you'll find a little bit of encouragement. Do you know that we have been given, I, I wrote these headings down, and then I'm going to share these with you. Do you know your ability to praise God was given to you by God? And you need to use it as a weapon and quit seeing these things as weakness. Watch this. Do you know that your mind, somebody touch yourself right here, right in the temple, right like your mind, right up in here. Touch your head. Your mind, quit 
telling people how little your mind works. Amen. God gave you that ability to think. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't try to develop our minds. Okay? I'm, not, I'm not saying that, you know, hey, God gave me the minds. So I don't need to do anything. Whatever happens, happens. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is God gave you the, you learn the way you learn because God fashioned you that way. I've, I've heard stories my whole life. I've heard of preachers. I've heard of prophets who could not read until God got a hold of their life. And miraculously, they could read. I, I've heard of people that couldn't play instruments until God anointed them. And somehow in their mind, all of a sudden, it was like a light bulb went off. I've heard people uh, say that their memory was touched by God. God has given you the capacity to think. So use that capacity to the fullest ability. Grow in your learning. Grow in your understanding. Learn. Train, but do not allow the way you think to become in your own mind a weakness. Have you ever heard, how many of you have ever heard Mark Williams preach? You ever heard Mark Williams preach? One of the, he was a former general overseer of the Church of God, former here. Uh, I think he was general, was he general? Yeah, he was general overseer. Yes, held a revival here uh, uh, years and years ago before that. Mark Williams can quote any scripture to you in the Bible without looking it up. So he went. Well, he was in revival with us at Tulsa years and years ago. We took him and Sandra Kay out to eat with us, and uh, we were sitting out there, and his memory during that revival was amazing to me. And so I just asked him, can you just pull that? So I'd just give him scriptures, and he'd quote them. Most amazing. I'm, I sat there in amazement and I thought, Lord, why can't I do that? Right? Hello? How many know God didn't gift all of us with that kind of memory? Amen? But God gave you the ability to learn and grow as He gave that to you. Don't measure yourself against somebody else's gifts. Veronica's grandpa, he was a farmer most of his life. He would go out in the field. I was, I was with him. He'd, he'd wear those old uh, overalls, bib overalls, and he'd out in the field. Wear that long sleeve shirt, middle of the summer. Out there working, that big old hat on his head. But you know what he would do? In the center pocket, I mean, you know the pocket on those bib overalls. He had... He had pulled out of that pocket, and he had a scripture that every, every morning he said, he told me this, I talked to him about it. He said he would take a scripture, he would write it down, he would, he would work on memorizing that scripture until he had it memorized, and then he would go to another scripture. He didn't have that Mark Williams anointing, but I guarantee you that man knew scriptures because he took the mind he did have, and he worked on it. And instead of seeing it as a weakness because it wasn't the way someone else was, he submitted it unto the Lord and it became his weapon. 
And you know what? Every time I saw him, he had joy. I never heard him say a bad word about another person. I never heard him say a bad word, period. And I worked with him when he hit himself a few times, did a few things that he probably, most people would have said some bad words. Never heard it come. But you know what I did hear? I did hear scriptures come out of his mouth. He may not have been the most educated, but he didn't see his mind as a weakness. He saw it as a weapon, and he used it. Are y'all hearing me? Are Are you understanding? Your mind can be a weapon. Do you know Paul was an amazing man, the Apostle Paul? In fact, he, he lists, you can go look at him, Philippians, he lists his credentials. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He could be a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He, he, he studied at the feet of Gamaliel. He, he was one of the most highly educated. He must have had an amazing mind. Not everybody had the mind of Paul, but Paul with his mind that then would turn very legalistic and very harsh. He did not see that mind, though, as a weakness. He used it as his weapon. And through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, he was able to write two-thirds of the Bible. He was able to go and argue proficiently for the case of Christ against every other faith and religion and those that were out there. His mind was a weapon. Do you know the Bible says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Your mind is your weapon. Learn the scripture. Know God's word. Know God's plan. Know God's ways. Don't rate yourself with everybody else. Doesn't matter how many letters you have behind your name with degrees behind them. What matters is do you know the word of God? Are you studying to show yourself approved? Are you growing in the grace of God? Let your mind be a weapon. Quit allowing the devil to tell you it's a weakness. Well, you're not educated enough. I'm going to tell you, that's a lie of the devil. You know what you're most educated in? Your life. <laughs> you know what is the most, the, the thing you know the most about in this world? Your testimony of what Jesus has done for you. Amen. And there ain't anybody else that has your testimony. So let your mind understand what God has done for you and use it as a weapon. Your praise, your praise, that's a part of your mind. You, before you can praise God, your mind, you have to understand it's your weapon. Not only that, your words can be a weapon. Quit letting your words be your weakness. When you do nothing but speak doubt, unbelief, fear, worry, then your words are being used as a weapon against you. Your words become your weakness. The Bible says out of the abundance of a man's heart, his mouth speaks. Amen? And so, so you know, and I, when you challenge people on that, then you, they'll say things like, well, that's just the way my mom was, my dad was. That's the way my family's always been. They all, they're all like that. They all speak negative things. That just, they all say negative things. Well, then turn that around. You're not them. Let your words be used as a weapon. Let me tell you what there's no harm in. There's no harm in speaking the word of God no matter your situation. In fact, if we tried a little more often, we'd probably see some production out of it. Amen? 
And uh, what, what's going to stop you? I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what people say. I don't care what, what anyone else says. What, what keeps you from just speaking the word over your situations? Your words can be used as a weapon. Your words can become powerful. Do you know the Jesus, his words were powerful. In fact, so much so that people said, and Jesus on this earth walked as a man on this earth. He was led by the Spirit. He, he would speak the words that God would give to him. And do you know they said about him, there was never a man that spoke like that man. And then with the disciples, they would, they would take notice that they had been with Jesus. And their words were weapons that they used, no longer weakness. And they said, these guys are all from Galilee. They're just fishermen. They're just common guys. But, but they're saying things far beyond their ability because their words had become a weapon. Amen. Anybody hear what I'm trying to say to you? Quit letting your words be your weakness. Start agreeing with God's word. Start, do you know, there's a story in Second Chronicles chapter 20. Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah. And they are surrounded by a great enemy. In fact, it's Moab, Ammon, and Mount Seir. They're surrounded. I mean, they're so outnumbered, there is no hope from them. And, they, and, and Jehoshaphat went in and said, I don't know what to do. What do we do, Lord? And, and the Lord said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to set the praisers out in front of you. You, you want to do what, Lord? You, you want the praisers? Amen? Yeah. Well, you, you want me to put swords in their hands? No, I just want them to go out and sing of the holiness of God, the mercy of the Lord. Oh, and you know what they did? They put the praisers out in front of them, and they went out, and out of their mouth was coming the glory of God, the praises of God. You know what happened? The Bible says Moab and Ammon and Mount Seir, they all turned on themselves, and they all overthrew themselves. And by the time the choir got there with the army behind them, there wasn't anyone to fight because their words became their weapon. They spoke God's word. They sang God's word, and it made a way before them. Come on, somebody. I want to challenge you tonight. Quit allowing your words to be your weakness and start using your words as a weapon of praise. Do you know your eyes can be a weapon? See, most people, their eyes are their weakness. Well, I see things. I, I, I have to see something to believe it. Well, what I see drives what I can believe. And their eyes become a weakness to them. Because they know what God's Word says, but they don't see. Anybody, anybody agree with that? But they don't see what's up. Well, let me tell you. In the Bible, we have people whose eyes became their weapons. One of those was a prophet named Elisha. Elisha was a prophet of God. He's the one that did twice as many miracles as Elijah because he asked God for a double portion of the anointing Elijah had. And Elisha, recorded biblically, was twice as many miracles as Elijah. God answered his prayer. One day, Elijah, Elisha was in his house, and the enemy got mad because every time they had developed a plan against God's people, Elisha the prophet would tell his plans to the king, and they would always be thwarted. And so that, that king of the enemy said, well, we need to go find this Elisha. And so they surrounded them. 
And Elisha's servant walked out one day and looked, and all around him he saw the enemy. I mean, they were surrounded, no hope. He comes into Elisha. If you want to read the story, you can go read it in 2 Kings chapter 6. And they come in, and, and he says, oh, Elisha, we're in trouble now. The enemy is all around us. There is no hope, no way out of this. And Elisha just simply took him by the, uh, put his arm around him, walked him outside, and he just prayed and said, Lord, open his eyes. And when that servant looked again, the Bible said that no longer did he just see the enemy on the hillsides all around them, surrounding them, but up a little bit higher than that, he saw the host of heaven surrounded the enemy. Amen. And you know what God did? God blinded the enemy. They come wandering in to Elisha's place. And Elisha led them over to the king's place. Uh, God's people. He led him over there. And then their eyes were opened. And there they were in the enemy's camp. Come on somebody. Elisha said, my eyes are my weapon. You see the enemy. I see what God can do. Amen. I'm asking God to use my eyes as a weapon and not a weakness. That I would see spiritual things. Paul wrote of a man. Most scholars believe he was talking of himself. He just didn't want to say it in the writing. But he said, I know of a man who was taken up into the third heaven. I saw in heavenly vision. He saw things that he couldn't even speak. His eyes were his weapon. When your eyes become your spiritual weapon, then nothing can defeat you. Amen. That's why I think at some point, Christians, and hear me, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but hear what I'm about to say. I think at some point, we need to quit looking every day at statistics and numbers of how terrible everything is. Because the more we do that, the more our eyes become our weakness. Because we begin to see no hope. We begin to see fear. We begin to see worry. We begin to see dread. Rather, we need to set our eyes on things above. Amen? We need to look above where Jesus is. Our eyes need to be heavenly eyes. And then our eyes, our vision become our weapons. We can see what no one else can see. And the final thing about your praise, your mind, your words, your eyes, all these attached to your praise, your ears will either be a weapon or a weakness. Amen. The Bible says, Romans 10, verse 17, faith comes how? By hearing. So faith comes by hearing. And hearing what? The Word of God. So when we hear the Word of God, faith comes. Faith Faith is attached to God's Word. Listen to this. There is a measure of faith God has put in each one of us. Okay, God measured that out, gave each one of us a measure of faith. But if I read that Bible right, I read Romans 10, 17 tells me faith, there is also faith attached to God's Word. So not only do I have a measure of faith, but the more I hear God's Word, the more faith comes. How many ever wanted more faith? If you want more faith, 
get more word. You've already got faith that God put in you, but now let it connect to more faith that comes by hearing the Word. Let your ears hear the Word. What would life be like if we heard the Word as much as we hear the world? Amen. See, if you hear the world more than the Word, your ears will become a weakness. Because... Faith comes, amen, by hearing. Now, that seems to say to me, he's saying that to believers, so it seems to me that probably that's true for unbelievers. That whatever you're hearing, there's going to be faith in that for you to believe whatever it is you're hearing the most. Just a thought. So if you're hearing all the negatives coming into your ears at all times, that's becoming a weakness. And you're going to begin to have faith in those things you're hearing. But if we're hearing the Word of God, amen. That's why I tell people when they are battling with oppression and they're battling, I'll, I'll tell people, hey, and it's easy now. You can do it right here on your phone. You get the Bible app. And, and all you got to do, you can, you can put it on the Bible, you can hit play, and it'll, you can listen to the Word while you sleep. And if you're fighting oppression and you're fighting the enemy, battling with you, hear the Word of God. Listen to the Word of God. Listen to worship music. Listen to messages. Quit listening. to the. If you're fighting some oppression or fear or worry, you need to turn TV off. You need to turn the world off. You need to turn off the music of the world. You need to to tune in and hear the things of God and let faith come. Use your ears as a weapon. Quit allowing them to be weaknesses. Amen. So your praise needs to be your weapon. So your mind, your words, your eyes, your ears, God gave these to you. Use them as weapons. Your life. So, your praise, but your life you have to make a choice with. So, you know what God gave you? God gave you hands. I'm going to spend long there because I, pre- I preached a while back on, on that. Psalm 144, verse 1. Train my hands for war. Teach my fingers to battle. God's given you hands to work with, to labor with. Your hands. Your hands can either be a weapon or a weakness. We have a character in the Bible that teaches us both. His name was Samson. Sometimes his hands were his weapons. And sometimes his hands were his weakness. Hello? What about your hands? What about your labor? What about your work? I think of David. David was a shepherd. Oh, he prayed. His, his praise life was great. It was his weapon. He wrote so many psalms out in the shepherd field, out in the field with the sheep. He's writing these praise hymns unto the Lord. That's his weapon. Do you know his hands also were his weapon? You know how I know that? Because the Bible says he declared that when a lion and a bear came and tried to destroy the lambs. Amen. He went and destroyed the lion and the bear. His hands were his weapon. People say, oh, you can't fight a lion or a bear. Well, David did because he didn't allow his hands to be a weakness. He allowed them to be weapons. 
Come on, hold your hands up and say, these are my weapons. So I'm not going to put them to things that are causing them to be weaknesses. Your feet can be weapons of weaknesses. Because you can, remember, God gave you, these are all things God gave us. We just read Psalm 139, talks about we're fearfully, wonderfully made. God gave us all these things. God gave us feet to be weapons. Said he ordered the steps of a righteous person. Amen. He says, walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He tells us to go into all the world. So if you're going to go, if you're going to walk. Amen. If you're going to follow steps, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you're going to follow the way, if you're going to walk in the path that's the good path, then you, you're going to have to use your feet as weapons and not weaknesses. He said, don't go in the path of the adversary. Amen. Don't walk down the road. Proverbs tell us, tells you all the way through it. Don't, don't go walk with companions that are going to the house that's going to lead you to destruction. Don't walk to the harlot's house. Don't let your feet become weaknesses. Use them as weapons. We have a Bible character for that. A man named Joseph. He was in Potiphar's house, sold into slavery, raised up to the second in charge of that house. Potiphar trusted him with everything. We have a woman in this story, Potiphar's wife. We don't know her name, just Potiphar's wife. And the Bible said she set her eyes on Joseph because he was a good-looking young man. She tried to seduce him. She tried to seduce him and kept trying to seduce him. But he was determined his life was a weapon, not a weakness. He was determined his mind, his praise was going to be under the Lord. His hands were going to be a weapon for God, not a weakness. Until one day she got him by alone in the house. She tried to come on to him and, and he got away from her. She grabbed his, his coat and pulled it off as he ran off. But you know what the Bible says? He ran from that place. His feet became his weapons, not his weakness. The Bible says of David and Goliath, that after hearing Goliath roar at him for too long, the Bible says David said, who is this guy that thinks he can do this? And here's what the Bible says, David ran to the battle. His feet were his first weapon. Oh, come on now. Where are your feet taking you? How are you walking? My life. Here's something else about your life. One more thing about your life that can be used as a weapon instead of a weakness. Your past. God made you. God counted your days. God knows you. That means now that you are a follower of Christ, your past can become your weapon, not your weakness. Amen. Because now I can use my past as my testimony. This is how I overcame. This is what the Lord did for me. My past is not going to be a moment of shame, a moment of agony, a moment that I just keep going back and repeating. That, that's when your past is your weakness. If you live in your past, it becomes your weakness. But if it becomes your weapon, you live forward and into your future. Amen. How many of you have a past? 
How many of you have a past that's not the most uh, pretty to pass, right? But do you know you have a choice to make? Your past can either be your weapon or your weakness. As for me, I'm going to choose to use my past failures and all as a weapon for the glory of God. Amen? Because you know what I've discovered? God knew me. God knows me. When I said to him, God, why did you call me? Why in the world did you ask me to preach for you? The only thing I can come up with is this. God you knew me before I ever even said that I would do it. You called me. I don't know why. You could have called others much better than me. But you called me, so you must have known something that I don't know. So I'm going to use my past as a weapon, and it's no longer going to be my weakness. Your gifts. So my praise. My mind, words, eyes, ears, my life, my hands, my feet, my past, they're all weapons, not weakness. And my gifts. Your personality is a gift from God. Amen. I bet you haven't heard that very often, have you? Amen. Yeah, we've heard it the other way. <laughs> right. God made you. You don't have to change. God will help you change if need be where change is needed. But God made your personality can be a weapon. God used all personality types. Timothy was timid. A little shy, apparently. Because Paul had to urge him on to be a little more bold. Titus had all the boldness in the world, no timidity, but he needed to be reined back in. God used both of them. Amen. David would have been a little more unassuming, just a shepherd out in the field till he became king. Solomon, he was anything but unassuming. Because all he ever knew was a king's house, right? See, God uses all types. You go look at the prophets, they're from all backgrounds. I mean, they're from farmer backgrounds to shepherd backgrounds to, to every other type of background all the way up to John the Baptist, who his family was a priest family. Amen. Personality types can be your weapon. Understand who you are. Understand how God made you. Understand the areas you need to, you need to improve upon. And let God make necessary changes, but don't allow your type to be a weakness. Well, if I was just more outgoing, God's used shy people all through Scripture. He used a woman with the issue of blood to share a testimony of healing like no one else. She didn't want to be out, put out in the front, but Jesus just called her out. Amen. Money can be a weapon or a weakness. Amen. God blesses with money. Use it as a weapon. Use it for the kingdom of God. Anybody have a testimony of giving to God and watching God do amazing things? Use it as a weapon. Veronica and I have been blessed. And we've been blessed for God to call us to give 
and help at times. Sometimes before, but far beyond what we thought were our means. But you know what? Every time we gave, God poured back blessing that we couldn't even contain. Because when you use your money as a weapon rather than a weakness, you open up God's heaven over your life. Instead of saying all the time, I don't have enough, start saying, God, what do you want me to do with what I do have? And it'll become a weapon rather than a weakness. Amen. So what will you do? Stand up. Stand your feet with me tonight. Quit letting the enemy tell you that how God made you and the gifts God's given you and the blessings God has brought into your life are weaknesses. And start using everything about you as a weapon. Amen. They say of special forces soldiers, they train them to be a living, breathing, walking weapon. Amen. And everything about them, they are a weapon. They're mentally tough. They're physically capable. They'll withstand all sorts of difficulty and struggle. Their life is a weapon. I think it's time that we understand God has created us and we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I've watched Vernon. I've watched him at youth camps. I've watched him when they pastored. I've watched him since they've come here. I've watched him with that walker. I've watched him as he would have to drag his leg. As he went about doing the work of the kingdom. When other people would have said, well, I've got this weakness. I've got that weakness. Again, there's a man right there that's a testimony right among us. That said, I'm going to use whatever I have as a weapon. I'm not saying that to puff Vernon up. And he probably is embarrassed that I even used him as that example. But I want to tell you, it inspires me, Vernon. It does. I, I am blessed because of you, because I've learned, you know what? Why would I say anything in my life's a weakness when God can use it all as a weapon? Amen. Because I've seen him do things he probably shouldn't do just to slap the devil in the face and say, I'm doing it anyway. Amen. And then there's other people, they cut their fingernail too short. And you can't count on them for two or three months. Amen. Yeah. I saw that. I, some of y'all felt the conviction of that, didn't you? Amen. Let's be weapons. You're wonderfully made. So nothing the enemy tries to bring against you is going to prosper. God has made you an overcomer. Let's pray. Father, we love you tonight. We just want to take this thought, Lord, and let you put it in our hearts. Let everything about our praise, our mind, our eyes, our words, our ears, let it be weapons. Lord, let everything about our lives, Lord, our hands, our feet, our past, strength let it be weapons 
Lord, let all of our gifts, anything you've gifted us with, anything you've brought into our life, let it be used as a weapon for your kingdom's sake. We make a decision tonight. We choose to be weapons for your kingdom. Equip us, empower us by your spirit, and let us accomplish what you already described for us to accomplish. Let us do it. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor in Jesus' name. Everybody in this house, this house said, Amen. Online, go use your weapons. They are not weaknesses. God bless you for being here Saturday morning, 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock right here at River Life Church. God bless you for being here. You can